the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another thrill-packed edition of Unite, i.e. radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. Uh, We see every day, every hour, the need for people to step up and fulfill the obligations of that most important political office if we want to keep a free country, freedom of speech, constitution, republic, little things like that. Uh, My name is... Greg Britton with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots, and uh, my co-host this week is uh, Dr. Laura Norton, and uh, I met her through, she is the precinct director with the San Bernardino County Republican Party, and we'll talk more about that later, and whether she and the new uh, party chair, uh, Phil Cothran, can turn what has been, I think, at best, a kind of useless institution into something it is effective, and my uh, former co-host Don Dix is trying to do the same thing with the uh, Riverside County Republican Party. Up uh, first, I think, and since she's a doctor, we'll jump into that subject first. As we see a resurgent of the what we now call the permademic, that uh, this COVID, whether however it started, whether its release was accidental, whether it was intentional, it has proven wildly successful in advancing ruling class interests of amassing their wealth and power and undermining our freedom. Uh, It's been disappointing to watch how easily people have been willing to surrender their freedom just by the disease. Okay. All right, Mr. Government. Yeah, whatever you, whatever you say, whatever you say. So, um, it's, it's, it's coming back. We got the Delta variant, and I don't know how many letters there are in the Greek alphabet. Maybe you remember that from uh, from college, Laura. Um, so, welcome to the show, and let's let's just jump into it. What do you think about this new? You know, we need to go back into mask wearing. We need to force everyone to wear take a, take this experimental vaccine. Lockdowns are probably just around the corner. Well, I was never an advocate of mask wearing from day one. Um, first of all, it's it's a surgical mask, and that's why it's called a surgical mask. It was meant for surgery so that when you had an open wound, it would prevent any fluids, liquids, droplets, any bacteria from getting into the wound. It really has little effect on filtering out viruses. The pores can be anywhere from 30 to 100 times greater than the virus. So people actually get a false sense of security wearing that surgical mask. Well, and, and even before the uh, the hyper-politicized uh, coronavirus, the effect of mask wearing on transmission of influenza, which is a similar viral disease, was well studied. And it was, no, it, it, it doesn't. And that's why Fauci, when he was first asked about it, Says you should people would be wearing masks. Oh, no, there's no reason. You know, maybe it gets a, a droplet or something. There's no there's no reason for the general public. He was correct the first time. Yes. Yeah. But then he realized, as since the entire thing has been uh, politicized, that uh, it was um, he changed he, cha- he changed his tune based on the political interests of the uh, of the Democrat Party, and I think that's something that's maybe more lasting and not as well talked about is. For the most part, the medical establishment, the healthcare, supposed healthcare officials, public health officials, the agencies like the FDA, CDC, charged supposedly with protecting the public health, have prostituted themselves to politics. Absolutely. And to big pharma as well. I mean, a lot of people that work in big pharma are interchanged between CDC and big pharma. And we got to remember there's a lot of money involved in this, too. Not just politics, but money, greed. Oh, yeah, I mean, how many billions of trillions of dollars have uh, have these uh, pharmaceutical companies made off of this stuff? I read, I remember the exact numbers, but it was that during this during the uh, pandemic, pandemic, now permademic, 
that the world's billionaires gained, I don't know, like $3.9 trillion. And that was almost the same number of the wages lost by the working men and women mm. in the world. Mm. Yeah, this this has proven so wildly successful for the ruling class that if they, and I'm not, I'm not, I don't rule out that this was planned from the get-go, but I'm not ready. I don't have the evidence to say, yes, it was. No, but, I don't have the evidence either, but uh, I do believe it was bioengineered virus. And I actually had the virus myself. It was probably one of the strangest viruses I've ever had. It felt unlike anything I've ever had before. Mm. How so? Well, first of all, the complete loss of taste and smell. I mean, we know when we get a cold or flu, sometimes you do lose taste or smell. But this was absolutely 100% complete. I could smell nothing. I actually had somebody make me a really potent, spicy Indian dish. And people could smell it like three rooms away. Mm -hmm. And I could smell or taste nothing. And I had it back in November. And I still don't have 100% of my... Uh, taste and smell back it's coming back a little bit every day yeah i lost my sense of taste decades ago oh no that's a joke oh i'm taking this literally as a doctor because i have some patients that actually can't smell and taste there's a look up look up or there's a joke passing overhead No, but the, this, back in, even in May, the CDC issued a study that reviewed previous studies from 1946 to uh, 2018, and they found that we found no significant reduction in influenza transmission with the use of face masks. Well, not to mention the negative effects of face masks. We have mask mouth affecting, you know, the our, our dental um and then also we have people coming in to our clinic who have masks on, especially if they're double masks, their oxygen saturations are below normal, you know, and that's going to put extra um, work on your heart and your lungs. And mm-hmm. then you have people that have anxiety wearing these masks. And I have other people that just with asthma who just feel short of breath and dizziness. So... It's it's not without consequence either. So you're wearing something that doesn't work, and then in exchange you have all these consequences. The uh, again in May of twenty twenty, the New England Journal of Medicine issued a a report or a study, most of which focused on whether masks are useful in a medical setting. And the conclusion basically was, well, that's even that's questionable. But they they started off by saying, we know that wearing a mask outside of healthcare facilities offers little, if any, protection from infection. Yeah, I would agree with that. But yet, they um, almost in unison, wear a mask, wear a mask, wear a mask. And unless, of course, you're looting stores for BLM, then, of course, it's uh, it's okay. Well, it's been a it's great for criminals. You know, you show up into a bank with a mask, you know, it's a great opportunity. <laughs> yeah. In fact, you know, the, the, the latest guidance from from Fauci and, and CDC is that uh, you, you should wear two masks. Um, and the second one you wear over your eyes so you don't see what's really going on. There's another joke passing by. <laughs> well, I don't know if it is it me or the jokes just aren't that good. I don't uh, yeah, know. It could be. Well, <laughs> well, well, Laura, thank you, thank you for joining us this week. I, Laura, I know Laura needs to run here. <laughs> hey, I got to defend myself somehow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's it's and yeah, people. You know, not only are they, they believe it for themselves, but they they I mean they are enraged. They're they can be if if, if someone else. Is not wearing a mask. Oh, yes. I've gotten many dirty looks. And even if I try to tell my patients when they come in, the ones that have had two masks, I'm like, look, your oxygen saturation's in the 80s. This is very unhealthy. I don't recommend this. But if they hear it on the news, if there's someone that just believes everything that the mainstream media says, there's no discussing. There's no rationale. They believe it and nothing's going to change their mind. Yet the polls also show that the trust in the the media is at record lows. So the same people that are saying they don't trust the media are f- trusting on this. And I think part of it is this, is 
there was something about a disease, and particularly a new disease, that was particularly frightening to people. And then, of course, they show the pictures of people in the waiting, and the, you know, the overcrowded, some pictures of some overcrowded emergency rooms, and people with a respirator. And there was, there was something, maybe it's, maybe it's, it's a primal or even almost inborn genetic programming to be afraid of the new disease. You know, because if you had said, well, we, it's flu, we need to have renewed to wear a mask. No, because people have discounted that. They're from, they understand, at least on some level, that risk. But it was this new deadly disease that they were, that they were, able, to, they were able to frighten people with, probably beyond their wildest hopes and expectations. Well, fear is the way to control people. That's the key. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, the new, um, the new, mo- the new, the new model of the Democrat Party uh, is the only thing we have to fear is lack of fear itself. Okay, that was a good one. Okay, <laughs> I'll give you that I, one. I redeemed <laughs> myself here. I, every, you know, I thought I was getting a co-host, not a critic. <laughs> okay, vaccines. Um, actually, we're. Before we jump into vaccines, we're about halfway through our first half. So let's take a pause here and we'll hear from our sponsor. And then we'll come back and we'll talk about vaccines and vaccine mandates and get your perspective on that. After this, word from Ed Hoffman of Summit Funding, the place to go for your real estate lending needs, both residential and commercial. We'll be back after this. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590 The Answer. By now, I'm sure you've all been hearing about the fact that mortgage rates have dropped a whole percentage point in the last 12 months. So what does that mean to you? Well, if you own a home, it means we can possibly, one, reduce your payment, two, pull out cash and pay off other bills, and then further reduce your payment, or three, we can possibly reduce the term of your loan and get your home paid off years earlier than you planned. If you're over 62 considering a reverse mortgage, the lower the interest rates are, the more money you get on a reverse mortgage. And if you haven't even inquired about a reverse, you owe it to yourself to investigate this tremendous financing option. So if you're thinking about any of these, the time to act is now. For more information, call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Summit Funding logo. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. Uh, my co-host this week is Dr. Laura Norton, who is the precinct director of the uh, San Marino County Republican Party. We'll talk more about that later in the show. Right now we're talking about the resurgence of the permademic that uh, has been enormously successful for the ruling class around the world in amassing wealth and power and restricting freedom. We're talking about masks and how they don't work and cause health problems themselves. Uh, but they're also the vaccines. They're doing everything they can to uh, pressure and force people to take their experimental vaccines, regardless of whether you've had the disease or not, regardless of what your current antibodies may be on that. And we'll get, we'll get Dr. Laura's opinion on this, uh, but... My view of it is, paraphrasing Shakespeare, methinks they doth want everyone to take their experimental vaccine too much. Yes, they're pushing pretty hard. And especially, I don't like the fact that they don't account for people with natural immunity. So there's a discrimination. So if you've had COVID and I can prove that my patients have immunity, workplaces, schools, they don't want to hear it. And natural immunity is superior to vaccinated immunity. So I I don't understand it. If you're talking about science and following science, then natural immunity should be number one. And I often write exemption notes for uh, my patients to get for getting the vaccine because they have the immunity and I can prove it through the lab and we get the lab tests and then I write their little note and they still get a hard time from their employers. Right. And then one of the big questions is, well, can the government force a vaccine? And then if the government can't or doesn't want to, uh, can they pressure, cajole private sector entities into 
forcing the vaccine. And almost across the uh, universities are forcing it. And of course, there's, there's a, other than you know, maybe children, young, healthy university students are at virtually 0.0% risk from this disease. Yeah, I actually think it's medical malpractice to try to get children to be vaccinated at this point, because as doctors, we're risk versus harm. And there actually has been some harm shown, and there are some side effects, whereas the mortality rate or complication rate in children is so, so, so very low and so rare. Why would you give them something that was experimental? I I just don't understand it. Um, you know, I was on a doctor's forum, you know, arguing this very point, and I, I couldn't find one doctor that came up with a good ex- explanation except herd immunity. So, and that didn't really seem good enough to sacrifice our children for herd immunity. Um, are you familiar with the VAR system? The, yes. Yeah. Last I had looked, it looked like there were up to 10,000 deaths from the vaccine. 11,000. 11, oh, yeah, I haven't seen it in a while. And I've seen numerous complications within my own clinic, including kidney failure, people with chronic headaches, vasculitis. Um, uh, none of my patients have died so far, which is good. But VAERS is very underreported because it's a difficult system. It's a voluntary, it's a voluntary yes. reporting system. Yes, a voluntary reporting system. And it's a very difficult to use system. You get booted out. It's easy. It's not easy to put it in. So if that's showing about 11,000 deaths, I don't know what the real number is. There's a lawsuit against CDC that alleges that the real number is like 45,000. Wow. And I don't know if that's I true or not, that. but I sure, I sure don't have any confidence in whatever CDC says. Yeah, neither do I. The, in fact, I, I read this morning, and this Thursday we're recording, is that the VAERS system was offline. And we'll see how long, uh, how long that is. And what was amazing, though, is I, was like maybe a week or so ago, maybe two weeks ago, is that the CDC numbers, which is different than VAERS, um, for six hours showed something like eleven or 12,000 fatalities from the vaccine. Six hours later, it was back to 6,000-something, which I thought was just absolutely amazing. In his entire life, Jesus raised three people from the dead. CDC could do, <laughs> did 6,000 in six hours. They changed I mean, it, it all the time. It's truly a miracle. I had the same thing when I was researching the HPV vaccine. Uh, initially, it was showing you know, a couple hundred deaths from the vaccine. And when I was debating with someone, I said, well, just go look on the CDC site, you know, look at the number of deaths and it had been removed. Mm. So, you know, omission is a, a form of lie as well. And I feel like the public is not being told this other aspect or the, the amount of deaths that are occurring. So, I mean, what I tell my patients, they come in, I, I give them all the facts and I say, basically, it's up to you. If you're a very high risk person who might have problems with, you know, high risk for dying of COVID, then it's going to be a personal choice. And I'm okay with that as long as somebody is aware of all the facts. But to mandate or to coerce saying you're going to be fired or you can't get into this school, this is medical tyranny, period. Yeah, like you mentioned, many universities are requiring, and at least one case I'm aware of that, a court upheld that mandatory vaccination requirement, notwithstanding the, the, the law is actually a little ambiguous. It says regarding the experimental use authorization drugs, which the vaccines are right now, is that the, the patient will be informed of his right to refuse and the consequences of refusing. So what does that mean? Uh, does that mean the consequence? Yeah, sure, you can refuse. We're not, we're not going to tie you. We're not going to strap you down on the table and force the needle into your arm, but you're going to be fired and you can't go to the store or you just have to be confined to your house. Or we're going to put you in quarantine camp until you take the vaccine. That's the consequence. Yeah, this is why we have. To, it's really important that we have to band together in our communities. And that's exactly why I got involved in the San Bernardino County GOP is because I wanted to start these community groups and to get our numbers really high. So there, there's thousands and thousands of us so that if we need to band together, 
you know, we can do class action lawsuits. Um, we can protect each other's businesses. And if we all say no, it has so much more of a bigger impact. Right now, they're just picking us off one by one because we're scattered. So that was one of the reasons I got involved into politics, too. You know, not to mention, you know, that I feel like we're really close to losing our re- constitutional republic. So, yeah, again, there's just little things like that. And you, which exactly what I said at the outset is that keeping, if you want to keep those things, we need people to fulfill the obligations of that most important political office, that of a private citizen. And part of it, one of the aspects of this is there's so much out there on the, on the internet is vaccines are going to do this, that, and the other thing. And I don't know if they are or not because the long-term effects have not, have not been studied. What do, you, do you have any thoughts on beyond some of the immediate things? People having heart attacks, or you mentioned kidney failure. I know one. I know a patriot who suffered tendonitis after after having the vaccine. Another um, one. It wasn't wasn't serious, but she was sick, basically sick for for two days. I've had my standard vaccines when I was a kid. And I don't recall anything like that. Mm. Do you have, do you have any thoughts on what the likely or reasonably possible long-term effects of these vaccines are? Yeah, that I don't know. Um, but given the short-term effects that I've already seen, it's quite concerning. And they're not, this is not, the, the usual way to make a vaccine is they use a either dead or weakened form of the virus to then the body makes antibodies in response to that. So then you're, you have antibodies against the real disease. But this is a totally new experimental process that has never been used before to create a drug for people. It's been around a little while, but it hasn't been used that much. And it's caused more damage than most vac- all the vaccines combined over the last 25 years. Uh, I'm really shocked that it hasn't been pulled and it's actually being heavily promoted. There's, there's, there's an agenda there. You know, they, they want this too much because the, peop- the people that have opened the border and allowed millions of illegal aliens in with carrying COVID or who knows what other diseases and they're dispersing them and flying them at taxpayer expense around the country and dispersing them around the country. Yeah, it's funny. They're not concerned about COVID at at that point. The people that sanctioned, protected, encouraged mass rioting, looting and pillaging assault and murder across the country last year. These are the people, these people are not concerned with the health and welfare of the American people. So there is, in my view, a larger agenda behind this. Now, maybe it's just to teach subservience to the, to the government. Government says, get a vaccine, you get a vaccine. Um, so I don't know. But these people have shredded all trust and confidence in their intelligence, in, in their competence, in their integrity, and in their fidelity. And we don't even know what the real death rate from COVID was because there were so the numbers were inflated because people or hospitals were getting more money for recording it as a COVID death. And I had several patients and several patients, family members uh, who had died and they didn't even have COVID and were labeled COVID and people who tested positive for COVID. I had three patients. They were three firemen who went down to a local station to get tested and the line was too long. They had signed in, but they never got tested. They left. And then all of a sudden, they all got positive test results in the mail. <laughs> so, Well, they were using this, this uh, the, what, what, what is it, the PCR test, which actually now the CDC has pulled that one back as well. It's not sufficiently They reliable. had it on too many cycles. The right. cycles were really high so that you would get a lot of false positives. And, you know, then conveniently when they wanted, they pulled those cycles back and... Yeah, all of a sudden, you know, come January, well, you know, these cycles are too high. We need to, we need to, uh, we need to reduce that. Um, we are out of time for our first half, and that's gone by quickly as it as it always does. And we'll see if I can come up with some better jokes in my in our in our second half, and and and, and sufficiently entertain my co-host here. We're going to dive into some other subjects, the recall, as well as her work with the uh, San Bernardino County Republican Party after the news and weather and traffic at the bottom of the hour. Stay tuned. Hi, everyone. This is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590, The Answer. 
For those of you that are 62 or older and haven't taken the time to inquire into a reverse mortgage, here are some great reasons to consider one. One, you don't have to make monthly mortgage payments unless you want to. Two, a reverse mortgage can supplement your retirement income and allow your retirement savings to last longer, which will save you money on taxes or possibly allow you to delay taking Social Security benefits, which will increase your benefit when you do. Three, when you finally pass on, your kids inherit the home and the equity in it, along with the money that is accumulated in your bank account from not having to make monthly mortgage payments. Four, no prepayment penalty if you decide to sell the home or refinance out of it. And the biggest reason, it's your equity. Use it when you want it. Interest rates are low, which means more money available. So if you've inquired before and it didn't work, it may work today. Calling to find out more details is free, so call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Summit Funding logo. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. And uh, we are certified to be the number one conservative talk radio show in our market, in our time slot. And we are very proud of that accomplishment. My co-host this week is Dr. Laura Norton, who is uh, also with the San Marino County Republican Party. We're going to delve into that. We were talking about COVID and vaccine mandates and masks and what she thinks of that in our first half, um, as well as the resurgence of the permademic. So you have this big recall election, Laura. Um, who are you for? As far as who I want to vote for? Yes. I've been split between Elder and Kylie, but been kind of leaning towards Elder. But uh, I'm not. I haven't completely made up my mind. Okay, I know the uh, the state party establishment once is, 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 has been for even before all the, before the recall pushing uh, Kevin Faulkner as their preferred candidate for the 2022 governor's election and. You know, Faulkner is pro-global warming, pro-abortion, pro-amnesty, pro-illegal immigration, uh, pro uh, against Donald Trump. I mean, it's kind of hard to see where he differs from Gavin Newsom. I haven't heard one volunteer say, hey, I, I'd like to vote for Faulkner. It's no patriots out there. It would be a big mistake if the California GOP actually endorses him. Because, you know, people have already lost a lot of trust in the GOP, especially turning against Trump and, you know, oh, their own voters. It, yeah. I mean, you, you, you're, you're trying you're trying to appeal to some hypothetical, you know, moderate voter out there, but you lose you lose your base voters. And the, mar- the moderates are in the minority. Let's face it. I mean, it's it's the true patriots out there that are that want to save this country and that are going to move the mountains. And so I hope that the California GOP, when they when they take a vote, they don't that they don't get the chance to endorse anyone. I think that would be the best case scenario, the less least damaging. I know that when the, all this recall started, I didn't think there was a chance it was going to get recalled. They, 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 would, they would qualify it. Um, and then once they submitted the signatures, I thought they were going to cheat and kick off enough signatures to uh, avoid the recall election. And then I thought, well, okay, if, assuming they got to all that point, it's on the ballot, given the normal Democrat-Republican split in the state, usually about 60-40 on statewide races, uh, plus the uh, rampant vote fraud, no, no chance it would, it would actually be recalled. But this week, the latest polling data shows that uh, it was a 50% no on the first question, shall he be recalled? And 47% yes, just outside the margin of error. And that is way more than the usual, that's more than, that's not just the 24% of registered Republicans. I don't trust polls, uh, typically, just from what I've seen in the past, but I think that number 47 is a lot higher because I have so many Democrats telling me the same thing. They don't even like him. 
Yeah, he's not. Uh, and then this this past week, so we, this whole thing, probably the most expensive dinner in human history, is when he was photographed at that French laundry dinner in November of last last November, and he had or lockdowns that people shouldn't invite the family over for Thanksgiving dinner. And then there he is with his co- with mm-hmm. his cohorts and cronies. Yep, all uh, the markings of a dictator. Do mm-hmm. as I say, not as I do. Mm-hmm. And then this week, the picture comes out. Well, there's, the state is mandating masks on children in school. There, he, there's his there's 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 his son at summer camp, and the kids have no masks on. Yeah, this these are rules only for the peons. You know, it doesn't it doesn't they're immune. But I think it's it's a step a step we're even a step beyond that. They're just imposing the rules on everyone else. Hypocrisy. If he really thought that this this that coronavirus was a serious medical threat to to his children and the mask would protect them, his children would be wearing masks. Well, that's the difference between propaganda and science. <laughs> they don't, and, and you see this in a lot of a lot of ways. They don't believe their own BS. Because they know it's BS. Exactly. If you believed that global warming, human-caused global warming is real and it's going to raise the sea levels, you wouldn't like Obama, you would not buy a $15 million beachfront mansion. But they do. Mm-hmm. And I think the answer, Nancy Pelosi, who's over 80 and potentially at risk for one of the, in the higher risk category for the disease, would not be having her hair done maskless. And so on and so on and so on. <clears throat> so I think it goes beyond just mere hypocrisy. It is they don't believe their own BS. No, they know. They know what they're doing. Sure. And the, 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 the real science is there. The masks don't work. Lockdowns don't work. Uh, the vaccine is of questionable utility for anyone not either over 70 or face with, with a serious medical risk. It's part of the agenda. And I think another part of the agenda, we're, gonna, we're kind of di- diverting from the recall, we'll come back to that, is Tim Donnelly, who was a local congressional candidate. I don't know if you know him or not. And he said once in kind of a throwaway line, but I thought it was a really profound insight. He said that to be free, you have to think free. And I think a large part of what's going on, especially with the children, is to teach them to think mm. not free. Mm-hmm. Government says, put your mask on, put your mask on. Mm-hmm. Government says white people are, all, are evil and racist. Yep, that's true. Government says this, government says that. You believe it and you obey. Well, the indoctrination of our children is unreal. I mean, we have a whole generation out there that believes communism is good. And that a lot of these figures, Stalin and Castro, were actually heroes. They're actually being taught this. And they don't really know the true history. It's it's pretty scary. I mean, I had a, a, my niece, uh, when I, before I deleted my Facebook, who was on there supporting Antifa. I said, what the heck is going on? I, I mean, it's so blatantly obvious to me, but... I guess if you've been indoctrinated for so long, uh, that's normal for them. Oh, it is. And uh, we've talked about, and we'll talk about again many times, is the upcoming school choice initiative. Yes. That would be fantastic if that Get, goes through. Getting America's children out of the government-run schools is a national survival issue. Mm-hmm. That... As uh, like Ronald Reagan said, in, in, short, in a shorter version than, than Churchill made, basically the same point is that if we for, don't know, if we forget what we did, we won't know who we are. And it's more than just for, forgetting and not teaching our history; it is to teach a perverted, warped version of our history. And our generation can fight, and we can win, but the next generation is just going to hand it over. To the dictators and say, "Hey, yeah, communism, everybody equal," which, which I don't understand because communism in itself is inherently evil. Because if you take something from somebody who's not willing to give it, it's theft. 
so I don't understand how people don't see this, even that basic premise. Yeah, I don't know. And that's, and that's, and that's a very good question is the enduring appeal of socialism, despite its record of failure. Everywhere it's been tried. Well, you know, the millennials will say, well, it's democratic socialism, so it's different. <laughs> they, uh, I, you know, they just put a new brand on it. Yes. Uh, great cartoon. Two boys have stolen a bike from a third boy. And the, boy, the, third, the, the victim of the theft is complaining. And the two thieves say, no, this is a democracy. We voted. That's true. And that's, and that's, and that, and, and that's democratic socialism. Any two voters can vote to take away... Anything that you've made, earned, or have. Well, that's why our forefathers set up our country the way it is. It's not just a complete, like, just democracy, because that would just be mob rule. Yes. And Alexander Solzhenitsyn, and you had this vision of, of this socialist utopia. And uh, he said that uh, in different places over the years, I've had to prove that socialism, which to many Westerners, Western thinkers is a sort of kingdom of justice was in fact full of coercion of bureaucratic greed and mm-hmm. corruption and avarice. Mm-hmm. And that because human nature is the same. In about two minutes and 24 seconds, Milton Friedman was on the Phil Donahue show back in the 1970s. Phil Donahue gives basically the Gettysburg address in brevity and clarity of economics. And we're about halfway through the show here, so let's take a break here, and then we'll play the clip, because it's absolutely brilliant and in its, in its brevity and, and, and clarity. After this word from All-Star Collision, the place to take your car when you have an accident, because they are truly the kings of rock and roll. Back after this. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. As promised, here is Milton Friedman giving the Gettysburg Address of Economics. Here's my question. When you see around the globe the maldistribution of wealth, the the desperate plight of millions of people in underdeveloped countries, uh, when you see so few haves and so many have-nots, when you see the greed and the concentration of power within... Aren't you ever, did you ever have a moment of doubt about capitalism and whether greed's a good idea to run on? Well, first of all, tell me, is there some society you know that doesn't run on greed? You think Russia doesn't run on greed? You think China doesn't run on greed? What is greed? Of course, none of us are greedy. It's only the other fellow who's greedy. (laughs) This, the world runs on individuals pursuing their separate interests. The great achievements of civilization have not come from government bureaus. Einstein didn't construct his theory under order from a, from a, a bureaucrat. Henry Ford didn't revolutionize the automobile industry that way. In the only cases in which the masses have escaped from the kind of grinding poverty you're talking about, the only cases in recorded history are where they, where they have had capitalism and largely free trade. If you want to know where the masses are worse, worse off, worst off, it's exactly in the kinds of societies that depart from that. So that the record of history is absolutely crystal clear. That there is no alternative way so far discovered of improving the lot of the ordinary people that can hold a candle to the productive activities that are unleashed by a free enterprise system. But it seems to reward not virtue as much as ability to manipulate the system. Uh, and what does reward virtue? You think the uh, a communist commissar rewards virtue? You think a Hitler rewards virtue? You think, excuse me, if you'll pardon me, do you think American presidents reward virtue? Do they choose their appointees on the basis of the virtue of the people appointed or on the basis of their political clout? Is it really true that political self-interest 
is nobler somehow than economic self-interest? You know, I think you're taking a lot of things for granted. And just tell me where in the world you find these angels who are going to organize society for us. Well, I don't even trust you to do that. There is so much in that, in that brief address. Wow, that was nice. Political self-interest is not more noble than, self in, than economic self-interest. Everywhere, every society is based on self-interest. Most people, most of the places, most of the time across all human history act in what they believe to be their self-interest. And if you take self-interest away, people lose their motivation, their creativity, because why are you going to why are you going to work? Why are you going to create? Why are you going to do all that for somebody else to just take it away from you? Exactly. And we just we read in the, in the previous segment the, the, from Solzhenitsyn, who was the famous Soviet dissident, that you think it's that socialism is this kingdom of, of fairness Mm-mm. and it's people, people pursuing their self-interest. It's all based on greed and avarice just as much. As elsewhere, but in a free enterprise system, the way you get ahead is by producing goods or services that other people voluntarily choose to purchase. Exactly. And the point he makes at the last at the at the end is is just as good. That where are you going to get these angels that are going to guide and control society? That the people in government, I mean, because the humans in government are not of a better class. And there's a famous writer of, in France in the first half of the 1800s, Frederick Bastiat. I don't know if, you, if you've seen any of his work. But his writings on politics and economics could be written as if today. They're equally, they're equally well applicable. And he said the same thing. I mean, do, are, do people in the, are they in, the, in government, are they somehow of, of a finer clay than everyone else? And of course they're not. In fact, they may not even be as much as our ruling class likes to think of itself as superior in, in, in intellect, knowledge, and morality, despite all evidence to the contrary. Exactly. On all three counts. Mm-hmm. Anyways, that, I was just, it was such a... How many... Uh, we're talking about indoctrination in the government-run schools, or even in the universities. How many of them have heard any of what we just heard from... Milton Friedman. I'm not even sure they know the basic history of what happened in Russia. Oh, I don't think so. I, I mean, it's astounding. Yeah, I think there was some polling data. I can't remember the exact data, but it was, it was who killed more people, George W. Bush or Joseph Stalin? <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> and a large percentage of the young people thought it was uh, George W. Bush. Was Stalin, what was it, 50 million? Um, maybe hard to tell. I, I've, maybe more. Uh, 20 or 30. I think um, it's way more than that. Could be. Cause you have, he starved out so many. Out of these, yeah. Deliberate and intentional starvation of, in the Ukraine. All of Ukraine, yeah. And even back then, the New York Times, their, their Moscow bureau chief, I forget the man's name, won a Pulitzer for his reporting on the starvation in Ukraine, and it was basically his reporting was basically, yeah, there's th- you know, things are tough here, but the the valiant, conscientious Soviet government is doing everything they can. And not only was he wrong, he has determined that he knew he was wrong. He knew this was a deliberate policy of starvation by the communists, but lied to protect the communists, and he won a, and he won a Pulitzer Prize. For his reporting, and uh, that has not been returned or taken back. Well, we have a lot of sellouts, just like Hollywood. You know, a lot of them are sellouts too. They're you know towing the communist line. I, I think most people are actually just fed up with these, with the with the Hollywood scene, and yes. I think the the days of them being idolized are gone, at least by our generation. Yeah, I think I think you're right. You know, these are the kind of people that drive their SUV to uh, to a global warming rally. Mm-hmm. That uh, DiCaprio, who's one of the leaders on that, is that uh, flew in to the for the Oscars, a, a eyebrow artist, makeup artist. <laughs> oh. Flew, I was across the Atlantic or <laughs> Pacific. Flew so in just for doing his eyebrows. It's so for the, ludicrous for, <laughs> for the uh, for the for the for the for the Oscars. 
So that, that's, that's the kind of people we're talking about. Uh, we got about a little under six minutes left here, and I, wanna, I do want to make sure we talk about your work, what you're trying to accomplish in the, uh, with the San Bernardino County Republican Party. You're the, officially the precinct director, but you seem to be doing even kind of beyond that. Tell, tell us about what you're doing. Okay, well, I stepped into this position because um, when I stepped up to volunteer, there was nothing in place, uh, and I was shocked that there was no volunteer program, and then I came to learn that Phil Cothran was new. He had only been in for like a month and a half, and he invited me to a central committee meeting and basically said, the space is wide open. I said, well, I'm going to fill it because I want to do all I can do to, to save our country, and then the idea is to give the power back to the people, we the people. And so I'm trying to start community groups uh, every town I and city. I knew you were a domestic terrorist. <laughs> I'm sure I'm on a list, many lists. All right, she laughed at my joke. All right, so we're going good here. Continue. So my idea is to get all the communities involved, and I want to have a, a monthly meeting in every community where we come together and they take over their communities in every aspect, which is going to city council meetings, going to school board meetings, going to board of supervisors, um, the precinct project or working the precincts and precincts, just another name for a neighborhood, you know, engaging your, your neighbors to get out the vote and, you know, ultimately, hopefully to put pressure to get these dominion machines um, out of our voting system. But the, the power is in numbers, that that's the bottom line and a lot of people are like oh it's too late there's too much power that that's not the truth because we have the numbers we're just not organized that's something the left has been very good at doing organizing of course they they pay a lot of their volunteers and do a lot of things underhandedly but you know we can do it um under God's watch and God's supervision all coming together it's t- it's time for God's warriors it's time for the patriots to to step up and make a difference and that means rolling up your sleeves and actually doing something because um, sometimes people show up but you know then they don't want to do somebody else do it yeah. I don't or they have a lot of criticism. You should do this. You should do that. I'm like, well, why? Maybe you can do it. You know, I've I'm, I'm got my hands full. <laughs> oh, yeah, we, we get a lot of that in, in the Redlands Tea Party Patriots is someone will come up to us and say, here's an idea. We should, we should do, you should do X. But they, they, but, they don't, but they don't want to be involved, take their time to do X. Right. It's we, sh- we, in the, we, uh, we in the leadership team should, uh, should, should do X. So if people want to get involved in either your either in the neighborhood talking to your neighbors part of the, of your operation or in your meetings, where and how can they uh, connect with you? Uh, they can call or text me at nine zero nine nine two six eleven forty. One more time. Nine zero nine nine two six eleven forty. Or they can email me at precinctdirector at sbgop.com. Yeah, I know you had a meeting in Redlands. I wasn't able to attend that, but I do want to get to the next one in Redlands, which which is when? The next meeting in Redlands, let me look here, is going to be August 16th at the Ark Church. That's on Citrus Ave in Redlands. Yeah, that's that's uh, that, that's that's my home church, and yeah, the pastor Kevin O'Connor is he's great. He's one of the pastors that understands the importance of getting his uh, his congregants to bring their biblical values into their roles as citizens. There are so many Christians that, you know, our kingdom is not of this world, so we don't need to pay any attention Mm-mm. to what's going on in this world. And that's just, that's wrong. That's biblically wrong. No, the churches need to step up. I mean, and God's warriors need to step up. We're the only thing um, that's coming between the loss of freedom in this country and then ultimately the world because if America goes, the world goes. Yes. There was a um, event last Friday night that we could go Friday now by the time this, the show airs. It was in uh, it was in Chino. It was put on by the Riverside County Republican Party for supporting the recall. Larry Elder was supposed to be there but didn't didn't make it. Uh, Kevin Kiley was there. And the the, the MC, uh, what's her name? Uh, Roxanne Beckford-Hulk. She said, and it was, it was just a great line, probably the best line of the entire night. She says, pray as if everything 
depends on God. Act as if everything depends on you. Worth a, worth a price of admission. Mm-hmm. Or as I like to have him quote Louis Gohmert, that great religious scholar who said that uh, it's in God's hands. Does not mean we can lean on our shovels and wait for the hole to dig itself. Exactly. <laughs> I love Louis. Anyways, we're, we're almost out of time here. I want to thank you for being on the show. And... Um, you need to get engaged, and I really appreciate your efforts with the with the party trying to turn that around because we need all elements, not just the residency party patriots and other conservative groups, but the Republican Party to step up because the country, as you have noted, is on the line, and everybody who believes in the country needs to uh, step up and work together. Absolutely. That's all the time we have this week. Thank you, Laura. Tune in next week for another exciting edition. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590, The Answer. By now, I'm sure you've all been hearing about the fact that mortgage rates have dropped a whole percentage point in the last 12 months. So what does that mean to you? Well, if you own a home, it means we can possibly, one, reduce your payment, two, pull out cash and pay off other bills, and then further reduce your payment, or three, we can possibly reduce the term of your loan and get your home paid off years earlier than you planned. If you're over 62 considering a reverse mortgage, the lower the interest rates are, the more money you get on a reverse mortgage. And if you haven't even inquired about a reverse, you owe it to yourself to investigate this tremendous financing option. So if you're thinking about any of these, the time to act is now. For more information, call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Summit Funding logo. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 991, California DRE ID number 101265, Arizona NMLO license number 0926439, branch NMLS ID number 1841782, Summit Funding Incorporated NMLS ID number 3199, Arizona license number 0925837, equal housing opportunity. AM 590, the answer.